at the very end of the 11th chapter of Matthew, which is not where I'm going to be today. But Jesus made a statement uh, saying, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There is a a rest uh, as a a child of God that we seek. A rest that, uh, that, uh, that we desire for, a rest that we labor for. And in the fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews, uh, the writer of Hebrews, who I believe to be the Apostle Paul, but um, he talks about uh, he talks about a rest, uh, the, the the Christian's rest um, that we uh, that we obtain and that we strive for. And he says in the uh, I'll, I'll begin in the first verse. He says, "Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into into His rest, any of you should seem to come short of it." For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, that they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again he limited a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said today, if you will hear his voice, voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus, or Joshua, had given them rest, then then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God, for he that has entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, to really, to really understand what Paul is talking about, we have to go back. <laughs> because uh, I heard this a long time ago, and it's always stuck with me. Um, in the very first verse of chapter 4, where he says, Let us, therefore, is that whenever you see that word therefore, it's important to go back and see what that therefore is there for. To, to understand what, what Paul is exactly talking about. So in the third chapter of the book of Hebrews, and you know, the, the book of Hebrews is a book that was written to, uh, to believing Jews. These were, uh, these, were, these, were Jew, these were Jewish people that professed Christ. As it says in the first verse of the third chapter, where, he's address, where he identifies who he is addressing, he says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. These were these were Jewish people, but they were also uh, believing Jews. These were Jews that these were Jews that were children of God, that were uh, children of God that Paul was addressing here. And and throughout Hebrews, um, you will find where he is giving them um, a lot of warnings as the Jewish people uh, at that time were uh, being very much. Uh, Attempted uh, and persecuted by uh, other Jews in that region, that uh, they needed to conform back to their old ways. That they needed to worship um, in the old manner, in the Old Testament sense of worship. 
um, that they needed to to bring all of these things, you know, that, that they that they used to worship, it, it, it bring them back in a sense. And Paul uh, is warning them uh, against these things <clears throat> throughout Hebrews, and he was and he is a and he uh, greatly explains to them uh, these Old Testament scriptures and laws and various things in the Old Testament. Um, so that they can understand and see the superiority of the Christian faith to their Jewish religion that they had that they had followed for so long, and you know uh, we might you know you might hear that and think well you know I, that this only applies to Jewish people, but the <laughs> but uh, this greatly uh, can apply to to everybody to every facet of life because you know, the Jewish people were people that um, they tried to bring in they tried to reshape the Christian faith and doctrine to their culture, to what they were brought up in, to, to, to their traditions of old, of their fathers. And uh, you know, how often today do we see uh, Christians who greatly take the Word of God and take worship and they twist it to change, uh, to change our culture, to, to fit in with our culture? To fit in with to to fit in with uh, traditions uh, of old, you know, and I've heard you know different reasons for why they believe that is okay, but the Apostle Paul would greatly contend with them that uh, it is not okay, that it is never okay to try to make um, our doctrine and our uh, beliefs uh, suit our culture and to suit um, to suit uh, what what we think uh, will bring people into the church. Um, so he is in the third chapter. He is reminding them of, of things they already know, things in the Old Testament, and uh, comparing greatly how much more superior Jesus Christ is uh, to Moses. You know, the Jewish people, um, they looked up to Moses as this huge figure. This was the man who brought their, who they looked at as he was the one who brought them out of Egypt um, without first recognizing that it, was, that it was God that brought them out of Egypt. So they worshipped, they greatly put more respect on the man Moses than on their God. They put more respect on him than on, uh, than on Jesus Christ, who was God in the flesh. And um, in the, so uh, Paul here in the third chapter, he's contending with them about how much superior um, Christ is and how Moses would have followed Christ as he prophesied about him. He says who in the second verse, uh, speaking of Christ Jesus, who is faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. He is, you know, he's talking about how, you know, you look up to Moses, you 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 see Moses as the servant, as this great man. Well, Moses was a servant of God. Moses was faithful to God, and is reminding them to bring to bring about to remind them of how they should be faithful, how they should uh, how they should also be faithful uh, to Christ. It says, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we? If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end, <laughs> did you notice how he how he how he says that, how he puts that if there? Now he's not talking about <laughs> that Christ will only dwell in you; you will only be a child of God if you hold fast these things. What he's talking about is has a son over a house whose house are we? 
To be a part of a, of a household is what I believe Paul is talking about. To, it is very different, you know, to ask somebody if they're a part of, of the household of Christ, you know. Are they actually, um, are, are they, are they uh, following Christ in, in this sense and, and not Moses? Are they, are they naming, uh, are they naming uh, Christ as their Savior? Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today... If you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, so I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. <laughs> it's important what I believe Paul is talking about. Um, I'll just give a little spoiler of, of what he's talking about in this third chapter and the fourth chapter is having fellowship, uh, fellowship with God, fellowship with Christ. <laughs> and, that to, and that to be in fellowship, just I talked about as in a household, to be in fellowship with Christ, um, it, takes, um, it takes some work. And it takes, uh, and it takes um, them to look back at the errors of their, uh, of their fathers, of their forebears. And what and and we'll go and I want to go back again because uh, in the this passage that he is referencing to is found in the 17th chapter of the book of Exodus, where after Moses had brought these people out of out of Egypt, they greatly started to to murmur and complain and to and started to question whether or not God was even with them, whether or not God was even among them. Um, the, just as, as as the writer of Hebrews was saying, they were greatly tempting God. They, they were greatly, uh, you know, test, testing God and the patience of God. In the in the 17th chapter of Exodus, it says in the first verse, and all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of of sin. After their journeys, according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in uh, Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses. They argued with him. They complained to him and said, give, and said, "Give us water that we may drink." And Moses said, said, to them, said unto them, "Why chide you with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord?" And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, "Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst?" And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, "What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me." And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee of the elders of Israel, and thy rod, where thou, <laughs> wherewith thou smotest the river, and take in thy hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, because of the chiding of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? After all the things that the Lord had done for them, um, <laughs> they started to complain about water. They started to complain about, you know, just they started to complain uh, thinking that the Lord was just going to let them die. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think we very much, you know, we have to be careful to, to, to fall into those same temptations. And sometimes, you know, we think that we get our wants and our needs uh, confused within ourselves. 
And uh, we think that if we don't have things that we want, that, you know, is the Lord even with us? Is the Lord uh, even, even among us? While also forgetting all of the needs that the Lord had supplied these people and that he supplies us. <coughs> and, the, 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 and Paul here is, is remi- so Paul here is reminding these, these Jews of that, to, uh, these professing, believing Jews uh, to be careful. To, be a, to, to not be as their fathers were. And he says in the 12th verse, take heed... And also, it's important to remember, in the, in the 11th verse, so I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest, that all, that all those people that complained and, and, and said these things against God, um, even in the... If you go back and look in the, in the 14th chapter of the book of Numbers, the Israelites even plotted to go back to Egypt. They had, they were, they had discussed promoting a captain among them and, and going back into Egypt. Um, and uh, because of all of these things and because they were uh, out of fellowship with God, they refused to, to believe God and to trust in him, uh, they did not have rest. Those people did not have rest. And many of them, uh, the ones that did not trust the Lord, they died in the wilderness. They died under the, under the scorching heat of the sun um, because the Lord would not allow them to enter into his rest. So it's a, it is very, you know, it's, it's, it's important. You know, I, it's sometimes I think, you know, people confuse and think that as, as primitive Baptists, that, you know, believe greatly about, you know, our salvation is, is completely by grace. It's not by our works. That uh, when a person believes that it's not, that it's not what saves them, but it is an evidence of what saves them. And that is absolutely true. But we also are very much, you know, we believe that it is vital for a person to believe, and that is the most one of the most important things in a person's life, is for when they uh, hear the gospel of Christ, and whenever they believe it, whenever I mean it just clicks in their minds, and you can wit and you witness that, that that is a beautiful thing. We don't take anything from that, and uh, it, so it is. And it is vital that we don't depart from those things. That's what Paul is reminding these people of. He says in the twelfth verse, "Take heed, brethren." Lest there be in any any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. <clears throat> and and remember who his audience is. He's not talking to wicked, unbelieving people here. In the first verse, he tells us that he is speaking here to holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, who professed Jesus Christ. These were children of God who were called by the Holy Spirit and professed Jesus Christ as their Savior. But Paul here is warning them. To be careful. And so if, if Paul is warning them, I would think the same warnings uh, can apply to us. He says, But exhort one another daily while it is today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. <coughs> I, I've heard this analogy before. I think it was by Josh Hazelwood about, you know, whenever, um, <coughs> that, that whenever, you know, you, you sear a steak, and you get it just uh, continually hot and black. How how hard it becomes when you continually just uh, just just scorch it. And it's the same thing is true uh, with our hearts. This is what happened. Paul is telling us exactly what happened to these children of God. Is that through all of their uh, their complaining and their bitterness that they had hardened themselves so much that they refused uh, to, that they refused to believe God's promises. Um, the, the same and the same held true. As, a, as Christ said, I think it's in the, the 12th chapter of John, when he speaks of, uh, 
when he speaks of he hath blinded their eyes that they should not see. He hath blinded their eyes that they should not see. In the forty first of the twelfth chapter of John, it said, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart. They should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. Now, he's not talking about salvation eternally there, but converted means converted uh, to the truth. That these people were so hardened by the deceitfulness of their sins that uh, they that they could not they could not uh, take in the gospel as truth. They were they refused to believe it uh, by hardening their own hearts. They would not but they would not take it as truth. And as the same can be true for us if we're not careful. Um, <clears throat> whenever um, I, I think it was in our Bible study, I, I I liked this comment that somebody made about whenever. Uh, you know, we willfully sin against God and go against His commandments. We're we're essentially scarring our soul, and that when we continually when we continually do those things, um, <clears throat> for one, we're showing that uh, that we don't really believe God's promises, and that we'll eventually harden ourselves so much that uh, that the things that used to be uh, so beautiful to us, so precious to us. Uh, that we have to be careful of, that uh, <laughs> we may not be willing to accept those things anymore through our own hardness, through our own uh, willful sinning against God and our own uh, de- uh, refusal to believe Him. Because, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was the but was whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. These people, because of their own hardness and stubborn and, stu- and downright stubbornness, really. Um, <clears throat> they did. They did not have rest uh, all of their days. They died without having rest. And uh, the same. And the same can be true uh, of any child of God. As I said, he's not speaking to to, to a. <laughs> he's not speaking uh, to to people um, who are not children of God. As I said in the third chapter, he tells us exactly who his audience is, and these and he is his audience are born again children of God who have professed Christ. And how many children of God? How many children of God that are uh, that may not get to experience uh, the rest and relief and unburdening um, <laughs> that, that we feel here today? <clears throat> that is what, what Paul is warning about. So that is that is what that therefore is there for uh, in, in the fourth chapter. I don't, it it, it take, takes a while to to explain that, but that's what that's there for. So now he says, "Let us therefore fear." Lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. <clears throat> now the faith in this sense, you know, I've, heard, I've heard there are you know, different facets of faith. Um, the faith in this sense that Paul, that Paul is addressing here is uh, the faith in the fact that they didn't believe. They they refused to they they refused and had hardened themselves so much that the good news that was preached to them of this rest um, 
<laughs> they did not want to hear it. They wanted to go right back to Egypt. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, that they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. <clears throat> There's a rest that we can, uh, that we can experience um, while, here in this, while here in this life, while here in this world. Now there is a rest in heaven that we, uh, that we await to go to. But there is a gospel rest that we can experience while here on this earth. And uh, I, I can't remember exactly where it's at, but there's a, I believe it's in Romans um, where Paul talks about uh, speaking of the kingdom of the kingdom of God, how it is um, essentially a, feel, a, a, a peace that surpasses the all understanding, <clears throat> and that when and that uh, and that these Jews were in very much um, <laughs> were in, in fear. Of uh, missing out on this rest that they were that the, uh, <laughs> that they were experiencing um, by trying to uh, by trying to go back to their old ways, just as the Israelites uh, wanted to go back to Egypt, um, these these professing Jews wanted to go back to to their old ways. They they wanted to go back to uh, the, maybe to, to committing sacrifices. They wanted to go back to uh, uh, to worshiping as they did in the temple. To to, uh, to all of these things, to maybe they wanted to go wanted to go back to uh, believing that their salvation was by works of the law, and uh, Paul here is warning them that they are that they are in uh, not in fear of, of losing their their salvation, but in losing uh, that peace and rest <coughs> that those ones that entered into Canaan's land felt that were that were that uh, that had entered in. How that their works were done, that they could experience a, experience a peace. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, two day after so long a time, <clears throat> it, as it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. And that verse he is, the verse he is reverencing in is uh, the, 95th, the 95th Psalm, <clears throat> where David is writing about um, <clears throat> an exhortation to praise God as we come here today this morning to do. He says, the 95th Psalm, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work, forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear in my wrath they should not enter into my rest. You know, I spoke, I, I spoke a... I spoke last time on uh, on uh, having doubts and dealing with and dealing with doubts and being hesitant to to trust God. 
And it is, and it is, uh, it is vital that uh, that we work those that we work those out. For if we do not, that eventually, if we continue in our hesitance to trust God and not follow Him, that uh, we will eventually uh, sear our hearts, as in this case here, and uh, we greatly forsake a, a rest and peace that we can feel uh, within our souls and within our lives. That, that you know, that's one of the reasons that uh, that we come here here today on every Sunday. Um, our primary goal in coming here is, or should be, uh, to worship our God and to praise and to praise Him uh, for the for uh, for all of His uh, His work and His finished work in the, on the cross. But another reason that you know that I that uh, that, uh, that that we that we come here is the great sense of, of rest and peace that we feel whenever we enter the Lord's house. That's how we should feel anyway. Um, you know, <laughs> just as as He said here, when God rested on the seventh day from all His works. No, I don't know about y'all, but even you know, if you even have just a, maybe a light job, like a desk job, out in the world, uh, the world is still—it's a, a tough place to live in. And there's a lot of—and there's a lot of things that uh, that we go through in this life. And just as—and and as the Lord, as the Lord's people and the Lord's sheep, isn't it a comforting thing to know that uh, we can come here on the Lord's day and we can rest and we can be at ease within ourselves, that we can, uh, we can rest on, on uh, what the Lord has done and rest from our own, uh, from our own works you know, and just, uh, for just a little bit while we're in here, um, try our best to, to forget about and not even think about uh, the outside world around us, but to focus uh, on Christ and on His, and on his love. <laughs> That's one of the reasons we come here this morning. Says in the eighth verse, for of Jesus, as I said, or or Joshua, and the 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 Greeks would translate the the Hebrew word Joshua as as Jesus. This for as Jesus had given them, if or if Jesus had given them rest in in the wilderness, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God, for he that has entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. <laughs> you know, it is not a, an easy thing. You know, it's interesting to think about, you know, <clears throat> to, to be at rest, but it can also, I mean, it takes some, it takes some labor and some work, you know, to, to feel that, that ease and rest. And that we, uh, and that we uh, outside of this place, you know, we go through uh, many trials. We go through many temptations. We go through uh, many, many, many hard things while living in this life. <clears throat> and it takes, uh, and it takes, you know, a, a lot of work. It takes a lot of, uh, a lot of labor um, in, in the kingdom of God. You know, the, the, uh, <clears throat> a lot of times I think we, you know, many people think that, you know, whenever uh, you become a Christian, that, that you know your work is finished. That you know you no longer. Um, are to do anything, but the the Lord actually does. Uh, he talks about you know us us to work and us to labor, um, us to uh, to you know sometimes it, it might it, it might take some uh, some work to uh, <clears throat> to work uh, works of righteousness. It might take some work to uh, to to bring ourselves here, you know, because we're uh, we're to bring ourselves here to present our bodies as living sacrifices. You know, it, it takes a, it takes a lot of labor uh, for us to enter into that into that peace and that rest. 
And it tells us uh, in the 12th verse, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even into the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. <laughs> if you notice that it, he, he, uh, <laughs> he, he made that... Uh, <clears throat> How, how how that the the word of God is able to uh, you know he, he's able to tell exactly you know where our intentions are where our hearts are at and he can tell ex- and uh, and when we have any and and when we have any doubts within ourselves that we can go uh, to the word of God and to Christ and he is uh, quickly able to discern those things you know whenever I read the Bible it it oftentimes will show me. Uh, things in my life that I need to work on, things in my life, you know, where I might be uh, falling short of. That uh, The Word of God is very is very powerful in that sense. That whenever, you know, you want to know uh, where you're where you're falling short, where you need to, to work harder and do better, uh, He's very quick in my life to, to point those things out and to point those uh, moments out. It says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in His sight, but all things are naked and open with the, unto the eyes of of him with whom we have to do. Seeing that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There's going to be plenty of times in our lives where this is this sounds uh, very difficult, and isn't it uh, very thankful to know that we have a Lord who has also who know who understands our feelings of infirmities, and that He's able to uh, to help us. You know, He He was at all points tempted, but without sin. You know, He had that as a as an advantage to Himself. But that does not mean that He is not able to to understand exactly what we feel and what we go through. So that whenever we, uh, so whenever we we feel these things, and we feel this uh, unbelieving heart coming within us, and uh, if we have those fears, that we boldly, uh, that we boldly go to the Lord, that we boldly go to that throne of grace, <laughs> to find grace to help us in time of need. Because as I said, you know, this is not only applicable uh, to the Jews. You know, there are there are uh, there are you know Christians today <laughs> who are trying to completely take out uh, the Book of Genesis. Uh, there are people today who try to uh, to try to uh, work evolution um, in, into Christianity, into the Bible. Uh, there are people who try to uh, who try to change uh, the laws of the Old Testament to try to say that there are, you know that there are things that uh, that actually are not sins. Uh, there are many people today who try to uh, to twist and change the culture and go back to uh, and go back to how they used to live, to go back to their sinful nature and their sinful ways. As we tend, as we tend as as human beings, you know that, that this is not just a, a book written to the to Jewish people, but to, to to people who have you know human nature, human tendencies, just as the Jews did, um, to go back to you know to what feels good, to to uh, to go back to um, things that might not not get us persecuted. You know these these people that professed Christ were persecuted uh, greatly. Uh, we don't really understand that nowadays. I mean, we're, but uh, <laughs> these people back then were being uh, severely persecuted um, for their belief in Christ and in not following their old Jewish traditions. <clears throat> so do not think that uh, that these are not applicable to us. 
And that may we also, um, and that may we also, whenever we are tempted with a deceiving heart of unbelief, may we go to to our Lord and our Savior, um, who has offers us grace to help in time of need.